0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester and welcome to Wait What? Comics Podcast for the Savage Critics website. It's the dramatic conclusion of Wait What?'s 50th episode. In it, Graham McMillan and I discuss the rumors surrounding the Walking Dead TV show, the trailers for the movies Outbreak and Haywire, San Diego Comic-Con News, the death of Amy Winehouse and the Rampage in Oslo, Grant Morrison's Super Gods, the X-Men, and the ambitions of the Sixty plus minutes of oddball, funny book philosophizing at its oddballiest. I hope you enjoy. And as always, thank you for listening, dude. By
1: Mistake the way, speaking of
0: possible, speaking of possible misunderstandings, uh, did that Frank Darabont leaving Walking Dead news? Did that come out yesterday or something? Yeah, last night. Oh, okay. Because I got on the Twitter this morning and I'm like, nobody's talking about this, huh? Like I and I was like, oh my god, I must be first. And of course, no. It was. It all came out yesterday, huh? That's pretty goddamn weird, don't you think? It's
2: really weird considering, like, he was in San Diego last weekend talking about how much he loves doing a TV show.
0: Yeah, i it's like,
2: I, wait, I, that's that's not even a week ago.
0: I I just don't know what the fuck's going on. And he was talking. He did a great job talking up the writers of this season and trash talking the writers of last season. Like he really seemed to have. Something going on as far as his his sense of spin control go, and then I mean, he's cle- out.
2: clearly, something has gone wrong as well by the fact that they've not got anyone to replace him yet.
0: Uh, aren't they just throwing in Glenn Mazzara, who was on the writing staff? Well, the, that's the, the
2: thinking is probably.
0: Oh, but they haven't. Well, it's been less than 24 hours, I mean. I'll be curious because at that point, when it's that unexpected, it sort of sounds like it's one of those, like, I need more budget or I'll walk type of things or
2: something. Or he had some sort of break and was just like, I can't do this. Right. Which, I mean, it's completely possible. He might just have been like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it could go, it could go either way. I'll be really curious about it. But I really was just like, I had this moment of like, oh my God, like kind of like, uh, the what like Robert Kirkman and Frank Darabont have infected each other with each other's own worst tendencies. You know what I mean? Like suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, as a result of this, it's like some weird virus jumping okay, so here's species. The yes.
2: Who is the TV version or the movie version of Rob Liefeld that Darabont can team up with?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. Spike Lee. I don't no. know. Oh come on, Spike Lee's good. They he did that commercial for Rob Liefeld. I thought that was just a genius connection to make. <laughs> also, I don't like Spike Lee much. Also, he doesn't show feet in an. I was voice.
2: going to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you want to do the right sad.
2: thing, you just go and see feet.
1: You know,
0: <laughs> I, I having watched Jungle Fever, I will in fact vouch for this. He doesn't even like showing people walking in any weird realistic way. So, um, I I. Will be just because this whole thing where Kirkman's like, I really like this idea of a writing staff, you know? And meanwhile, Frank Darabont's like, fuck the writing staff. I need to do everything. My screw this budget. I want an unlimited budget, like things you can just draw on paper. You I'm know? done. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so Frank Darabont wants to do comics and movies, and now Robert Kirkman wants to do like the TV, you know, grind mill in comics. And I'm like, oh, this is just going to be bad for all of us, you know? It's just somehow going to turn into some horrible super disease on each side, where it's like every TV it's show... to destroy
2: the TV industry.
0: TV industry. Yeah. industry, exactly. In two different ways. It's going to be horrible. So, mark my words. <laughs> on this date.
2: <laughs> That's right. In Jeff... terms of dates, we released the episode. <laughs> 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 August 2nd, right? You'll do it on the Tuesday. Yeah, August 2nd, on August 2nd, 2011. <laughs> Potentially, Shit. unless
0: it's a bit late. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I was already sweating that deadline. <laughs> Fuck, can I do it,
2: <laughs> is saying that Frank Darabont is going to destroy the movie industry and Rob Rob Liefeld. Robert Kirkman is going to destroy the comic industry.
0: Or, or rather, the weird memetic super diseases that they have each inherited from the other industry. Oh god, you know? talking about
2: super diseases, have you seen the trailer for contagion? Uh the movie? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I did. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, I, I I can't I I can't be anywhere near that movie when it opens. It creeped me out. So it's you had so, that same thing, so huh?
0: Creepy, oh it? my god, I'm so glad that wasn't just me. Like no, I watched I, that it, movie it, and it was like
2: freaked me out. Yeah. I I was just watching it going, no, 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 make it go away.
0: That's one of those, those um, you know, trailers tend to hit a rut in terms of the way they're put together for just like a longest time. So you get that years and years of the inner world kind of trailers and then the the trailers mocking the inner world trailers. But I was impressed at just how well put together the Catagian trailer is because the first, it goes on for a good chunk of time and it really seems like it's a... We have to fight the disease, it's on the border of breaking out type movies, and Mm. then the last third of it starts showing more and more bodies everywhere, and you're like, oh, holy fuck, you know? Yeah, exactly.
2: it, It goes from, I hope this doesn't escape, to, oh, we're all fucked.
0: Yeah, totally. In a way of showing it that really makes you think of like, oh my, like it really did a great job of... Sort of like, oh, I know what I'm getting into, to, oh, Jesus, I don't think I can actually watch this movie.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. And actually, I've I've told Kate, because Kate is as bad as me, like, seeing these things and all of a sudden being like a a television hypochondriac. Right. Uh, (laughs) I was like, you can't even watch this trailer. If you watch this trailer, you're not going to want to go out into the outside world ever again. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was really impressed with that. Weirdly enough, he's also Soderbergh's also doing Haywire.
2: Is yeah, it? I saw that trailer.
0: Oh my god, I I am such a big fan of the women kicking ass subgenre, and I'm I'm a little worried about that movie because I want it to be so good, and parts of it look so crappy right out of the gate that I'm like, mm, I don't know what we're going to get here. Cause, you you're, know, you're going you're going to get crappy. Yeah, but as long as it's, it might be enjoyably like, crappy though. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, because that's it. To me, there's an idea of like, okay, you make a movie with a female MMA artist and you showcase her ass-kicking skills in a script that sounds like it was a warmed-over Born Identity ripoff. Perfect. You don't then put Ewan McGregor and... Michael Douglas and the cast, Banderas, is,
2: the cast is stunning, isn't
0: it? It is. I'm i am just like, how the fuck? Like, that chick better have been working up on her Stedula Adler because I don't know how the fuck she... Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just can't turn around and, like, do a scene. I think I told you about watching The Mechanic with Jason Statham and uh, Ben Foster and just like, oh my god, I felt so bad for Jason Statham and humiliated for myself. Like, I was actually using the phrase... Actor in the same sentence as Jason Statham for like, I don't know, a year, two
2: years. Yeah, but to be fair, all of those sentences were, let's be honest, Jason Statham's not a real actor.
0: No, I started (laughs) thinking he was a real actor. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, because he's better than a bunch of other guys. I'm like, oh, you know, he's he's done, I almost said Lionel Richie movies. He's done Guy <laughs> Ritchie movies.
2: Wouldn't that be great? Lionel Richie movies <laughs> are great. Lionel Richie's <laughs> Lock, Stock,
0: and Two Smoking Barrels would have been. Uh, oh,
2: I was thinking Jason Statham in Dancing in the Ceiling. Right. You exactly. just turn the camera upside down and then have him, like, kick the ass out of lots of people. Right, knock them through windows and stuff. I've, I've also just created a whole new phrase, kick the ass out of people.
0: <laughs> You're right. That is totally worth having. That totally is worth having. Are you too uh, much
2: ass? Go see Jason Statham.
0: <laughs> he will kick the ass right out of you. Anyway, no, I was kind of this thing, like, I saw him in Death Race, I saw him in, I haven't seen him in The Expendables, but he got, he, he always... Uh, accounts for himself well. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until I saw him next to Ben Foster that I was like, ooh, yeah, that's like a bad idea. This is just not a good idea for both of these people. You know what I mean? Because Ben Foster, God love his weird, skinny, gangly, bearded ass. Maybe he's a junkie, who knows. That son of a bitch can act. And Jason Statham can do a great job being on camera. You know what I mean? Like, Jason, Jason Statham is an awesome camera presence and so it's the same thing of like here's this chick who sort of looks like a less emotional Sandra Bullock you know like kicking people through windows and I'm like I want to see this and then she's got a scene where she's talking with Ewan McGregor on a phone I'm like even if you handicap Ewan McGregor and try and give him a, a, an American accent or something like that that guy can eat a lot of other actors lunches you know what I mean? I don't know. Is that an actual phrase? That <laughs> it is, is? no. Yeah, exactly. I think I phrased it wrong, but I mean, you know. So the idea that she's actually performing next to that guy or in the same seat no, like but it. but here's the thing: if you don't, if you set expectations really low, like
2: at some point, someone says in the movie, "She is emotionally retarded. I can barely talk. She'll <laughs> be fine." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you That's- know what I mean, though?
2: You, you, can, you can lower expectations so that she doesn't completely embarrass herself.
0: Dude, or, I watched a movie or, called or The Don't. Mechanic. I watched a movie called The Mechanic, Graham. You do the math. How high were my expectations, you know? Clearly
2: too high if you thought Jason Statham was an actor.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. You cut me to the quick, sir. But um, all right. I feel like I've monopolized this conversation. For I majority. feel like you have as well. Okay,
2: <laughs> okay,
0: We're agreed. What would you like to
2: talk about? I was say, we should really talk about
0: comics,
2: shouldn't we? Actually, was there any San Diego news that caught your eye?
0: You know, all the San Diego news that caught my eye was all stuff that came out of the indies that I thought was interesting and awesome. I thought like the- what? Fanographics collecting the EC guys grouped by, by creator rather than by a complete title is super interesting to me.
2: Yeah, I love that. I thought that was really
0: awesome. I thought that was fantastic. Um, see, you're going to make me try and remember things from like six days ago, and it's going to be really. Because
2: what I was going to say is, I thought it was incredibly light on news this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things like the Star Trek Legion comic—that's what it was—so exactly. up my alley. It's, yeah, it's especially, I mean, written by Chris Robertson. Mm-hmm. It really is just like, you know, the old Warren Ellis forum joke of just taking my money now right um but that yeah that's that's such a sweet spot especially when they're like it's great darkness saga era legion of superheroes yeah and alternate worlds and i really i was just like honestly (laughs) really you're going to make me wait until october for that really no seriously yeah yeah that
0: Um, that was big news that was idw Mm -hmm.
2: the new artist editions from idw Really excited about those.
0: Very odd. It's very odd that IDW is doing these high-end licensed books of, of other comic book publisher stuff. That kind of trips my mind out a little bit.
2: But I, but I'm very happy.
0: But, with but it. you're like, but I will, I will take them.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, the Simonson one I haven't seen yet, and I'm probably going to be really, really a sad and b desperately want it when I see it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Eisner Spirit one. Yeah, holy crap! I mean, that's going to be great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see here. Let I, I sort of feel like I should jump over to like somebody's summary page and look at it. I know that Fantagraphics had another one, but yeah, the IDW stuff. The fan. In other words, it was all sort of smaller um shows.
2: IDW wins. The con, again, I think IDW won last year and I think IDW wins this year. Hmm. Just in terms of, they seem like they actually showed up with announcements.
0: Yeah, they did, but...
2: Although, talking con news, you're getting distracted by the dog barking, aren't
0: you? I I am. I assume they're trying (laughs) to communicate some important bit of San Diego news that we've forgotten. Or they disagree with you about IDW.
2: Yeah, they're, they're really, they're like, no, it's not IDW, sorry. It's definitely Dark Horse. Um... What do you think about the WonderCon moving to Anaheim story?
0: I just I just found out about it three and a half seconds ago when I went to Bleeding Cool for the first time today. When the fuck was that announced?
2: Uh, I heard lots of people talking about it after the con, and I was like, hey, what's the gossip of the con? And lots of people were like, yeah, WonderCon's moving to Anaheim. And I thought they were all joking. Right. Until I saw that this morning.
0: Oh, my Christ. Yeah, I just saw it, like, three seconds ago, and I'm like, holy fuck, really? Like... Really, really?
2: I mean, that, that actually makes no sense to me. I mean, it makes sense insofar as, sure, the Moscone is not going to be available next year, when WonderCon normally is. Fine. Taking it to Southern California makes no sense.
0: Oh, it makes perfect sense. It makes why? Perfect, because because the guy running San Diego can, like, say whatever the fuck that he wants, but the, he know they know that the reason why it gets world coverage and sells out a year in advance is because of Hollywood and the fact of the matter is Hollywood does not would would but that's
2: not what WonderCon is that's oh it is they've been trying to make
0: it to for that way I I
2: guess I guess it only makes sense if you actually want WonderCon just to be San Diego again
0: yeah that's what they want they want San Diego in the winter you know and that's (laughs) that's what they that I think that's what they want I really do because that's
2: heartbreaking
0: yeah, but you've seen it happen over the last couple of years. They've totally pushed the number of, of panels that they've had, of Hollywood coverage. In fact, whenever you see like, an announcement about WonderCon, to me, all I notice in, with my sort of you know blinkered vision is the fact the guy's talking about, we will have more Hollywood debuts, we will have more stars here, and da-da-da. It's never like, don't worry, we're going to keep a hold of Artis Ali, you know? I mean, they might as well just say, like, WonderCon, sure, you're sick of Steve Liola, We are too. You know, like, come to here and you'll actually get to see Ewan McGregor's personal groomer, and everyone's excited. You know, and that's that's what they want in Anaheim. They're like, Anaheim WonderCon. No Steve Liola, Chances are good the guys from Bernonus will come over on match. You know, see, and that's, that's what
2: they want. That's kind of fascinating to me because I was thinking that maybe this year's Wonder uh, San Diego was the year that Hollywood were like, oh, we don't actually have to go. Uh
1: huh.
2: And it was okay. I mean, it's hilarious for me to see. Um, Io nine was like the big loser of San Diego this year, the Avengers movie, because they didn't show up. And it was like, how have they lost? Dude, they what totally in, what won. What exactly have they lost? Yeah. by not showing up. Everyone who was there was going to see the movie anyway.
0: Well, but second and apart, by saying that they weren't going, by Marvel saying that they weren't going, they so. They made
2: talk about it. I think
0: they actually show up. Yeah, but 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 their their Spider Man thing, the Andrew Garfield Spider Man PR move, totally won the news cycle. Um, I think because that's all people have been talking to me about. Not,
2: well, not to be honest, book people, that but, that or um, God, Risa fans. His his citation that day. That that was what I actually heard about first. Before Andrew Garfield was there.
0: Uh, was was which?
2: The Risa Fans um, citation. Do you not know about this? That he was cited by the police?
0: No, no. What is this? Who got cited by the police? Uh,
2: Risa Fans, the guy playing Wizard.
0: Uh, oh, in- right. Yes, 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 yes. Right, right, right. NGM,
2: uh, Amazing Spider Man movie, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he got cited by police for, depending on who you believe, um, smoking backstage or drunkenly uh, arguing with the security guard that his friends who didn't have tickets could come in. Right. One or the other, but he got cited.
0: I thought I could
2: the news was he'd actually got arrested, which is even funnier.
0: Yes, exactly. No, I'd, I definitely had heard that. You know, the one thing is, I, I really have to say, if only Reese Evans had killed one of the security people, that news would have totally worn. As someone who's tried if to get in. someone in the eye. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make the. the. I'm like, where's the pencil joke? I'm like, everyone's moved past the pencil joke.
2: They just no one's really, really moved past the pencil but, joke. That was all we can.
0: Let's face it, San Diego security guys are dicks. I mean, San Diego
2: organization in general is not just the security guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They're just doing what they're told. Yeah, yeah
2: it's appallingly bad.
0: It, it really is this. And that's the other thing is this like, I am sorry. Like, there is no way that. Entertainment Weekly dudes go through the same bullshit that Comics Alliance or io9 or Techland people have to go through who, frankly, have it easier in many ways that, I mean, it's just so stupid that this Hall H stuff is as bad as it is that you've got panel squatters who are, make it you know, who will hang out for six hours through five different panels they don't care about, you know, just so that they can get into the panel that they want it's it's a mess. It's kind of a big mess, I think. So yeah, if I was Reese Ivens, snap that security guard in half and then impale the head of San Diego's like uh, press relations. Like just right, run them right through the heart. You know, frankly, even creators complain about Comic Con, which is kind of impressive, you, don't you think? You even go this year and you have bile in your heart. I it. do. It's going to take a while. So, how was it not going to Comic Con for you? It was actually really, really odd.
2: Uh, I was over the weekend. I was fine actually. I didn't mm-hmm. think of it at all. But Thursday, Friday, I really did find. Of,
1: I wish I was there. Mm-hmm.
2: Stuff's going on. I'm nothing. On. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. reading all the news. Nothing happened
1: mm-hmm.
2: at all. Mm-hmm. But I really did have. Oh, I'm not there. Everyone <laughs> else is there, and I'm not. God knows why. <laughs> Maybe because, like, I'm in front of the computer and I'm, I'm writing about the stuff annually. Right. Because, like, like I said, Saturday and Sunday, didn't really think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saturday, had a picnic with friends. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It right. was a nice day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I had it two years. I'll be curious to see if you don't go next year, which I can't imagine. But, like, having... Like last year where I only went for two days and then came home and at first I was like, this is great. And then I had that thing of like I'm sitting at the computer reading Twitter and everyone's like, you know, hanging out together and having awesome times. I'm like, no, this year I was kind of like, huh. I wasn't really aware of it until it was starting and I was—I kind of had a moment of anxiety of like, oh my god, how out of it am I that I don't even – that I'm not oh, even aware it, it, that it's it, this week. It took
2: me by surprise. It's one of those things where like even though I knew people were getting ready and going, the first day it was still like, oh, it's the first day of Comic-Con.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's just so crazy. Um, but I was totally happy with it, I have to say. I – I was pretty I had a very mellow week and I didn't I did I missed it much less um you know it's such a it's such a weird it's such a weird process for my psyche to go through San Diego Comic-Con eventually someday I figure I'll get it down right but it was very nice to take a vacation between that you're great you're shit you're wonderful you don't exist welcome to Comic-Con please stand in line you know
2: <laughs> did you um see on my blog the quote I had about uh, a British journalist talking about clubbing in the 90s in Britain
0: oh um was I, it related I'm, to Pac-Man because that's the quote I always appreciate but no no
2: I did, it wasn't. was um Because honestly, I read this book over the weekend. I was like, oh, it's me in San Diego. Field researching the piece in clubs like Liberties and Twice as Nice, I found myself wondering why on earth anyone would voluntarily expose themselves to the toxic atmosphere of tension, incivility, and snooty attitude that permeates these events. I mean, my excuse was I was being paid to be there and got in for free. Why would you actually pay, queue for ages, and then pay hard-earned Dosh to experience such sustained unpleasantness? I'm not joking. I read that and I was like, it's San Diego. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is San Diego. Um it's
2: it's kind of it was kind of creepy reading
0: that. Yeah, that is really really funny. Uh yeah, no, I think it's just the weird thing of like but why do you miss it, you know? Like it's like I I think I, I think I missed it because
2: I'm so used to going and everyone who goes it becomes the center of their world. You know what I mean it becomes the only thing that is happening
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and actually one of the things that really snapped me out of that was what happened in Norway and Amy Winehouse Then, mm-hmm. both of which were infinitely more important and honestly like when they happened I, I was like I don't even really want to stay up with the news for, from Comic Con mm-hmm. mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like it really just took me out of the, the moment mm.
0: That's interesting. And why do you think that is? Which part?
2: why why did I get taken out of the moment? Yeah. Because there were real things. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it you suddenly become incredibly aware of the shallowness, I guess, of comic mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: And it, it really was one of those and this shows my priorities completely. What? But I, w- I, think I was more affected by the Amy Winehouse news than I was about the 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 Oslo news. Uh-huh. I think the Oslo news appalled me, uh-huh. but the Amy Winehouse news, for some reason, seemed more relatable. Perhaps.
0: Right. It's interesting the number of people that were really. F- frustrated on Twitter about people who were, you know, felt that people were being too blase about Oslo and being way too much, um, paying way too much attention to the Amy Winehouse stuff, you know? And it's kind of interesting, sort of in a way, comparing it to Comic-Con, because I kind of felt like there's just all these weird levels of perception uh, and judgment that get thrown together, you know? Um, Because I I do, like, the Oslo thing is a horrible, horrible thing. So much so that it's almost kind of hard to wrap your brain around, and it's harder to relate to. The Amy Whitehouse thing is, in a way, it feels, it can feel as terrible because you can relate to it. You know? Because it (laughs) is more human, you know? And human, I don't mean that anything that happened in Oslo wasn't but just at a relatable scale,
2: you know. No, exactly. It's a relatable scale. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's it's you know it's it's one person, and it's I think everyone has lost one person, right? right. In a way that mass slaughter is something that you react to on a, a, a level of that's appalling, but you also almost shut down to it because you can't really. M- remember what that feels like you, you have no context for that to really work in the way that the death of one person can work right
0: well yeah because I think that it's almost like when that many people die like whether it's like a hurricane or a flood or a tornado there's something that is it, it and this is going to sound weird but it's, it's somehow it's kind of not dramatic Weirdly. And I don't mean that in any sort of weird I just mean that it's it you can almost only relate to it one way, which is with horror and regret and a certain amount of fear that's all kind of inextricable, you know, bound up. But when somebody dies in a way that is sad and relatable and it's tragic because this person was unbelievably talented and was pretty much given the short end of the stick in a lot of ways, which seems impossible to say when you look at the scale of the person 's life but is nonetheless somehow true like it 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 's like drama it really becomes something that you can enter and relate to from all sorts of different angles and it, I always feel like big tragedies you can only sort of enter it from the one viewpoint, maybe the two of like oh my God, what could those people have gone through? And oh my God, what if that had happened to me? Like, I never... I I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of ways that I'm going to die. I will not end up dying like Amy Winehouse. But it somehow doesn't stop me from seeing the tragedy in it in sort of a larger way, from a way sort of outside myself, I guess. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And somehow seems almost profound in a way that the other one but maybe it's just all scale like when you talk about how how superficial San Diego Comic Con is it is superficial let's but there's also so many real stories of genuine drama and anguish and happiness and everything is going through it if you follow that that path through one person that you know you can see everything being laid out for you and it feels really real I mean it's not really real in that someone's going to end up like you know shot with a gun at the end of it or, or being you know taken out on a gurney uh, you know but but there's still genuine emotions in it that have nothing to necessarily to do with the, the idea that you know you got to see Adrian Curry cosplay as Ian Flux or not you know
2: oh. she was cosplaying as the woman from the fifth element whose name I can't remember
0: the outfit that I saw was definitely anime version Eon Flux. My
2: favorite. oh
0: really? <laughs> I was
2: only going from the photograph of the. Uh, she did multiple days. Too sexy. Yeah, I, I yeah yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, I yeah saw the photograph of the. She sexy. also
0: had some sort of sexy uh, imperial commander type thing action going on there. Oh, so. of course. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, See, right back down to trivia. I I don't mean to.
2: No, to no, you. no, but it but it is one of those things. It's yeah, I agree. Like when you're at con, it's it's. More than just superficial, right? But when you're not, you only really get the superficiality, or you get the "I'm very happy for you" people who are there thing, right? And that's still on a level much more superficial than someone dying, right? Or some complete disaster, yeah, some some just horror, Mm -hmm. um. And so I'm not going I'm not to trivialise it for the people who were there and who had a great time or a terrible time, because I feel like I always have a terrible time. But somehow I managed to make myself believe was great. Um, but for me, not being there, reading about it online, mm-hmm. I was completely taken out of the moment by the news about Oslo and the news about Amy Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really, it, it it changed my weekend from, you know, pretty much I'm sad I'm not there, I'm happy I'm not there, like flipping continuously, happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, right. to just, I don't even care. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I and I, you know, I mean, in the larger scale, I think that, that of course, is, is a healthy response, you know, because it's just... I, I don't know I, you know I came back from God, I, this is how bad my memory is It's like I came back from Burning Man and the Mississippi had flooded, or maybe that was the year that I didn't go, but there were a bunch of people that came back from Burning Man and this huge natural disaster had hit, and there was kind of a feedback there was a lot of stuff I don't know about a lot, but a certain people amount of uh, of people who were saying like yeah, you guys who went and did Burning Man and went and had your big hippie party in the desert, people were dying and where were you kind of thing, you know? And it was just kind of like... That is, it's kind of, kind of hilarious because it's like,
2: if I was a Burning Man, I could have prevented
0: that. Right. Well, and one of the things that they talked... Well, because because Burning Man is such a huge... It's, it's not cheap. You put a lot of resources into Burning Man. And there is something ab- about it that really makes you challenge your values and I think in many good ways and for many good reasons because you find yourself kind of going like wow you know you see people who are out there and they build this community out of nothing and it's thousands of dollars and then it gets broken down and disappears the next week and there is kind of a thing of like that's great you couldn't have done that to a bus shelter you know like or you know like a homeless shelter like really what a homeless shelter needs is a 900 foot talking, animatronic teddy bear. But, you know, like, it might. It couldn't hurt. Um, but a lot of people do take the skills that they take out of Burning Man and, and put it in... Either have it, use it as parts of their real life, or they take it and they invest it elsewhere. Like, a whole bunch of people got people who, once they broke down Burning Man, they actually went to the disaster relief areas and did help build structures. Not all 33,000 of us or 40,000 of us, but... I just—it was interesting that um, I really was kind of curious as to why these things affected you or why you felt like things were suddenly superficial. Because I do—I do worry that we're get—you know—that that we're getting so heavily into our gotcha culture of like, you know. It's like the whole like, ooh, you know, you cared about Amy Winehouse but not Oslo? Gotcha! Oslo's worse. It's like, ooh, you cared about San Diego and not Amy Winehouse or Oslo? Gotcha! You know?
2: But I'm not making any value judgment on people who cared about other things. I'm just saying for me.
0: No, I'm just saying. But aren't you judging yourself for it?
2: No, I'm just saying I had this change of <laughs> I'm not judging that I was in that I was into it before.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I, I'm just checking. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I just i am I should I judge her though? Uh, no, I just <laughs> no, it's
2: I have no problem caring about the superficial when there is nothing more important for me to care about. For right. a better way of putting it, but when something more important comes up, I don't think there's any problem with me caring about that other thing, and. Uh, thinking about how superficial the previous thing was right I I don't that's not a judging thing for me oh good I'm glad and also I have no problem then flipping out for example I still watch the Glee Project on Sunday that's as superficial (laughs) as it gets it's not like I suddenly became pious
0: Right.
2: It's like, I'm not not saying
0: superficiality. I'm not saying, Graham, by judging you, you're judging me. But I mean, I'm just. you know,
2: you get to be slightly less glib, even though the Glee Project is pretty damn superficial. Um, The Glee Project? I don't know. But I still went, for example, to the picnic with friends on Saturday and had a great time. You know, so it, it's not that I read it and was like, no, I, this terrible news has happened. Uh, you know, a plague on the houses of anyone who has fun. It, it, it was just, it took me out of the San Diego moment. Right. And if San Diego had had anything interesting happening at it, <laughs> it happen.
0: Okay, now I think you've spun it too much the other way. <laughs> You're like, to be fair, if San Diego had been so dull, my humanity no, wouldn't no. have been peaked or touched. Oh, no, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. no. I think I do.
2: I, I'm not. I'm not placing any valid judgment on me going from interest to disinterest because of what happened on any level, right?
0: Well, and, and to be fair, I, I'm. I'm asking these questions because I can't tell to what extent I'm trying to. Whether I'm trying to rationalize my. You know, quote unquote middle class bougie bourgeois existence, or it just sort of—I just sort of started, or you know, as I do, you know, filter all that through comic books. But I was sort of thinking about telepathy the other day. You know, maybe it was some reminder thing of Professor X or X Men First Class or something. But I was like, man, if you really had telepaths, like, how could they not be nut jobs? You know, like there's just that thing of like, oh no, they almost have to be. Yeah. Right, because I feel sometimes like just having But but not even telepaths, just like empaths even, I think, would go nutty. Oh, well, empaths, yeah, absolutely, right out of the gate. But I just feel like, and I don't know, maybe this ties into, this is my way of trying to drag you into talking about super gods. Uh, I, I just feel like reading Twitter or reading the news, sometimes I feel like it's driving me insane. You know, because I feel like I know all these things that are happening in the world that I feel so powerless about and yet somehow also weirdly responsible for, you know, and I don't know if that's just me and my weird like. It's just
2: you and your weird ways, Jeff.
0: Oh, well, thanks, Graham, for
2: considering <laughs> me. Uh, Oh, no, this is where I separate from you. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel responsible for those things?
0: Well, but this is it. I'm sort of. I'm sort of. I'm at that stage of I'm asking myself, why do I feel responsible for those things? And I think the answer is that, in a way. Is it just that you know? It's that I know that I can't necessarily do anything.
2: Yeah, part of me understands that. Part of me understands the responsibility of being aware. For example, um, when people are upset on Twitter Mm -hmm. and they're, like, clearly upset, I always feel maybe not a responsibility to offer condolences, Mm -hmm. but something really close to that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, as if, you know, you are voicing this, I feel some, you know, I feel like it's my job to try and make it better. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally do. I totally do. Um, In fact, there's a guy on... Twitter, let's see if I can see who it is very quickly, but um, yeah, New Dawn Fades, who's Derek Tallon in Ottawa, Um, he had typed something where he was like, my vision's all screwed up, and now I'm getting headaches. I wonder if there's something wrong with my brain. And I was totally like, oh dude, you're totally having migraines. And he's like, really? Shouldn't the headaches be worse? And I had gone through this whole situation a couple years back where I was getting these migraine headaches out of the blue and I really had this worry that there was something going on with my brain. I'm like, Oh God, I've got a tumor. Jesus, I knew it, and you know. And and so it's really weird. I don't think that he was half as worried about it as I was. Like I was spending lots of time like, dude, you should get a doctor, check it out, but it's probably just a migraine. I had these visual effects. He's like, Okay, I'll look into that and I'm like, Seriously, caffeine might be a trigger, also try exercise. And I'm sure he was like, Okay, go away, go away. But I had that moment of like, oh, my God, I can actually help this person with this bit of information that I have. I should really help them. And Which, and was, which, which is
2: a good thing.
0: Man. Yeah, I think so, too. I hope so. I mean, I, even if he doesn't necessarily think that there's anything great about that. But there's also is that weirder feeling of like, well, but why aren't I doing that with the homeless guy down on the corner? You know?
1: Which because is he
0: smells. He's just – he is – Crazy, He is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean anything bad by that, but there is these weird levels of like, yeah, I would like to support this person. No, no, but it's, but the other thing is, the reason you don't do it, it's really
2: easy to offer help on Twitter because it literally takes the, what, minutes of you thinking of what you're going to say and then typing it in and hitting send or whatever you hit these days on Twitter. I can't even remember. Um, as opposed to doing something on a practical level which takes more time and takes more effort. Right. Um, it's that... It's the the, the perfect, quote-unquote, balance of wanting to help and it being so effortless <clears throat> that you can. That, yeah. that nothing comes in to slow you down. Nothing comes in to slow down the impus- impulse of helping. Right. You know, you don't have to think, well, you know, I'm really going to have to leave work early, and then I'm going to have to go to this place, and I might have to talk to someone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, all of all of that goes away. Right. Because you're at the computer, and you're like, oh, I know that, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, I, I, I keep going back to, like, how is any of this going to tie into Super Gods? And it's not. Um, it, it's not? Damn. So I, I find Super Gods actually kind of, like, I, an enjoyable and yet ultimately... Um, Disappointing book.
0: Graham didn't like super gods. Graham didn't like super gods.
2: It's true. Tell me more. Um, Part of it is I'm far too familiar with the material. Mm -hmm. And so, because I've read so many interviews with Graham Morrison and I've read things like Jared Jones' Men of Tomorrow, which Mm -hmm. covers a lot of the same territory and does it better. there's a lot about that. I was just like, yeah, it's the origin of Superman, yeah, yeah. Bill Finger did, did contribute a lot, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The 50s Superman, yeah, that's that's like a, a, a subconscious way of approaching malleability and in identity and society, and really a, a prescript to, to the the LSD mm-hmm. wave that's going to America, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, all, all that's true, yeah, and then you know, then there's Don McGregor and yeah yeah and Steve Allen yeah that yeah and you know and there's so so much that I was like yeah you're telling me stuff I already know right Um the most enjoyable part of it for me really was the autobiography which starts pretty much you know t- last third of the book mm-hmm. Um and even then it's kind of frustrating because there's a certain glibness to it and also he tells things out of continuity
1: mm.
2: wow that's so a he, weird choice so he'll say things not incredibly out of continuity but like he's on a subject and he, so he'll be like you know the Invisibles came along and him doing the Invisibles. Da da, 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 And then he'll make a reference to JLA and he won't explain it. Mm. And the next chapter, he's like, and then they asked me if I wanted to do JLA. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, right. what? Yeah. Ultimately, the book needed a much better editor. There are typos all the way through it. There's things like he'll talk about Hitch and not explain that it's Brian Hitch. Right. Um, there, you know, it's it needed someone to tighten up the structure. It needed someone to actually just sort out the typos. Right. Um typos, Jesus Lord. It's, i am I said in Twitter today, I'm really curious to read the preview copy that people sent Because apparently it's significantly different from the finished book. Yeah, I, I, I,
0: I think that? that'd be really curious.
2: I don't. I I know that the last line of the book, the preview, is completely different from the the end of Supergods that is published. Wow. Uh and it actually occurs much earlier in the book. Because Douglas spoke <laughs> told me what the last line was. Mm. Um and it occurs at this point in, like, the second chapter of the book. Um, so, you know, there there's elements of that being like, huh. You know, I because I, I have a strange feeling that the preview copy, from mm-hmm. what I've heard, will be much less polished, mm-hmm. but much more enjoyable. Hmm.
0: Wow. That's uh, fascinating. <laughs> like, I'm like... Huh. So somebody did a revision job on it to very weird ends. Very Well, I put it this way.
2: Ends. I think people who aren't me <laughs> do you know right. what I mean? The people who don't who aren't as familiar with this stuff will get a lot more out right of it than I do
0: I don't know. I think a lot of the reaction on Twitter I'm seeing are people who are like, This is I I heard. This is stuff that I've heard before. Kinda interesting, not really knocking me out, and I also feel like I You know, like, I've heard a lot of this before. And then I'm even hearing people who are like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't understand, like, where the editor was and why the structure changed so much, I guess. So I'm kind of curious. My takeaway point is, like, don't talk about stuff with Douglas Wolk, you know? Like, I know Douglas is a great person, but I'm just like, just, if I didn't know him at all, you're like, yeah, Douglas Wolk, who told me the last line of the book. I'm like, wow, who hates Douglas Wolk? Raise their hands, you know? The answer, of course, is nobody. It's not
1: like a
2: murder
0: mystery. It is. It is. No, I haven't read the book, but I'm willing to bet that last
2: line. It is, of course. He's like, I'm the person that kills Batman. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, the most most enjoyable things are when he starts basically giving his own analysis of things. Right. So he'll talk about Secret Invasion being disappointing or... Mm -hmm you know, why, like, he, it's quite clear he doesn't like Identity Crisis, uh, yeah, Identity Crisis, the the mm-hmm. one with Meltzer. Um, Meltzer. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of interesting. His polite way of saying that Mark Miller didn't write anything up until wanted is funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's stuff like that. He's he's actually incredibly complimentary to Miller.
1: hmm
2: In a sort of, in a mythically very backhanded way. but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls Civil War the best superhero event of the last 10 years um, It's, ultimately it's fine Yes know, I, 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 but I really sort of came away from that And it sort of crystallized a lot of thoughts I've had about Miller lately uh, Not Miller, uh, Morrison lately mm-hmm. Which are ultimately along the lines of I have far too high expectations of him I should just Tone accept. it down
0: a little bit Yeah,
2: like I keep And this is going to sound ridiculously ages. Mm -hmm. But I keep forgetting that he's a 51-year-old man Who's worked in comics for 30 years Right Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know why I expect him to come up with something new All the time I don't know why I expect him to be visionary all the time
0: Well, because he's done enough of it, I suppose Yeah, but that's just it
2: He's done enough Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I should
2: learn to stop being disappointed When he doesn't blow my mind all the time
0: Yeah you know, I, I do find there is kind of that that idea of... I do feel like, wow, he's 51 years old. He's still writing superhero comics. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't think. For the most part, he's been writing superhero comics pretty consistently through for 20-some-odd years, you know? Um, and I guess what catches me is this idea of... You know, a lot of people were kind of quick to jump on his comments about Siegel and Schuster and Superman. And I don't have enough of a take of the full context of what he said to really analyze it or break it down. But I do feel like there's something there. You know, like, like I feel like in some ways the guys back in the 70s or 80s like they had they had less opportunities than the creators of today now um and i don't know if they were really any less comfortable or or less predisposed to get comfortable and lazy um but they almost kind of didn't necessarily have the option to because before you really even got the sense that they were a lot of them were already gone i guess but I do kind of feel like, wow, are we just going to see... Is there going to be just another ten years of Bendis doing superhero comics? And ten years after that? And, you know... Or or with Morrison, where it's like, wow, you know... Bendis has gotten to the point where he wrote, he's written more Marvel comics than Roy Thomas did. You know? Or has had a more... Cons- you know? It just seems like... It seems like it's everyone seems to maybe be settling in such a weird way in such a weird ahistoric way that's kind of frustrating and disappointing or disillusioning or maybe it's just again like maybe i'm just so disquieted by my own mid midlife middle age bougie non identity crisis that I'm a little uh, steely-eyed, seeing it in other. No,
2: people. but it, it's it's kind of weird to see. Like I am, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I've never expected. I guess would be the better way to put it. Something like someone like Roy Thomas or or Engelhardt or anyone else to move on past superhero comics, if that makes sense, in a way that I feel like I almost do for Mars.
0: Yeah, but but those... And to be fair, those guys did move on. They came back, but you know... (laughs) Did did Thomas really move on? Where did Thomas move on to? It depends on what your definition of moving on is. Like, okay, maybe a Conan screenplay isn't the most well-defined definition of moving on, but... You know, he wrote some screenplays. Englehart wrote a novel. You know, then they kind of didn't work out, and they came back. Other guys, you know, yeah, time like, but for example, Morrison's an award-winning playwright. He, I, he was an award-winning playwright. For, I guess, like, years <laughs> years. yeah, you know, oh, like
2: he's also he's written this book. He's writing movies. Sure, sure, so, exactly. So, so, but does that count? Do you know what I mean? Like, Bendis is Bendis is writing movies.
0: Sure. I guess that's my thing is, is like I kind of feel like there's like, not
2: Do you expect more from them? And if so, why do you expect more
0: from them? I expect more from them because they had an easier time of it. Like I think it's it makes sense to me when you when it's 1978 and you're writing comics and you idly hope that you can break into television so that you can have benefits. It's sad when it's 35 years later and you're writing comics and you're hoping you can have a TV series. So that you can get health benefits, I mean, the difference is you're that you have your own TV series with your name splashed across it,
2: well, and also you 're getting benefits from comics already,
0: yeah, the guys with the exclusive contracts are, I guess sure, yeah you know, but yeah, so there 's levels of that, but I guess what i 'm saying is it's like there 's no you know, even as greedy and as short-sighted as it is, like, the dudes who went out and were like, I, like, you know, there is that moment of like, so where are where are the unions? Where are the new comic book companies? Where are the, like, you know, Morrison and Bendis and a lot of those guys are like, oh, yeah, I mean, we have our own titles. You know? Like, there's kind of that, like, the only one who's being, that, that is being Trashy enough to try and be an empire builder is Mark Miller,
1: you know?
2: Which is funny because after reading Super Gods and reading this uh, Simon Reynolds book about pop music over the last 20 years,
1: mm-hmm.
2: part of me was like, Mark Miller's the one we're all supposed to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Mark Miller's the one who basically, whatever he does, comics will do two or three years later.
0: Yeah, 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 which is uh, what Morrison and, and all- Miller both positioned themselves as being at the turn of the millennium. And I kind of feel like Miller was the only one who kind of was willing to, like, I don't know, skull-fuck the necessary people in order to make that happen. You know? But
2: it's, I mean, do you not remember when that was Alice?
0: Yeah, I never believed it about Alice, though. Did you? I don't know. I believed it about Alice right
2: up until he was like, I'm doing Ultimate Fantastic Four for, for, as a favor for some friends. Right. And then I honestly was just like... I never call anyone a satellite, but I'm calling you a satellite. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nah, to me, it was, I don't know. I think it was somewhere before that. I mean, Ellis did. He talked a great game. And again, he did amazing. He, He had an amazing social networking component to it. But he also doesn't have the attention span. He's kind of, yeah, they're all really comfortable to get their paychecks. They're all like, hey... Don't you see? I've made it. I divide my time between Los Angeles and Scotland. You know? I don't have to choose. I've got two places. Two of them. It's the worst of both worlds. What's that? The worst of both worlds. Yeah, the worst of both worlds. That's really funny. I thought you were just mocking my Grant Morrison imitation and I'm like, I'm not doing the accent. (laughs) I was very defensive there for a moment. I'm like, damn it, Graham, I want you to know.
2: Uh, No, but it's I don't know. I can I see what you're saying. And I actually empathize a lot with what you're saying, but part of me is also I guess I just have to retrain myself and I've i been thinking about this unless bless you do not. I have to retrain myself to not expect more from these people. <laughs>
0: This is great we started out the conversation sort of trying to figure out if the reason why other people like creators because they have lower expectations and then us at the end of it going well you know once we lower our expectations we'll be so much really that's what we've got to do
2: but there is a sense of expectations being too high not in terms of the quality of the work but in terms of the people's ambition yeah And in part, I think it's entirely generated by those people themselves. Sure. Absolutely. I think think they definitely sell themselves as, you know, I'm not only recreating this industry, I'm also working in movies, I'm going to recreate that industry as well. Yeah. And then you're like, that's great. New Avengers number 14 was solid. (laughs) You know?
0: Exactly. No, exactly. There is, it is, it's a very, very weird thing. I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like everyone's too complacent. Maybe me. Uh, so therefore, I'm the last person who has any right to say, you know, but I don't know. It's just, kind of had that weird moment. And on that merry note, my friend. Yes, uh, yes now, now that we
2: have basically decided that uh, the comic industry is filled with People who talk the talk and aren't interested in walking the walk.
0: That's right, because it can fly, true believer. Uh, on,
2: on that bombshell, uh, yeah. <laughs> on that
0: bombshell, I always like how you can you can be so sunnier and more optimistic than me, and then when you feel like it, you can just turn on the super cynicism and just oh, rubber no, band you, right you, past you, me. You've,
2: you've seen Alan Partridge, haven't you? Me knowing
0: you? No, of course not.
2: No, oh, it's a, a fake chat show. From yes. the, the, um, it's a spin-off from the day-to-day, which you know I madly do. Um, and every single episode finished with Alan Partridge, the fake chat show host, going, and on that bombshell. <laughs> Normally, in response to something terrible that has happened. <laughs> on that bombshell. We'll be back next week.
0: Oh... Mm, yes we will We'll be back next week for Well gosh I mean this is like This was this was episode 50 Did we really nail anything
2: uh, No I think we had a depressing episode 50 <laughs> We kind of did we, we talked about like Man's inhumanity to man We and really we, did yeah th- This is the epic This is an issue 50 that's not so much The double sized Slam bang mm-hmm. You know Action sequence as the Chris Claremont Kitty is crying because Colossus said that he didn't love her, right. and so she ponders the meaning of existence. Anniversary issue. At some point, we just need someone to show up and tell us that they're Jewish, and then point out that Magneto is also Jewish. And hey, maybe that means bad guys can be Jewish too. <laughs> Do you remember that issue? No. <laughs> I think guys can be Jewish too. That's there, really, that's. There, a, there, it's, it's the Secret Wars two crossover. I want to say. Oh, well, no um, wonder why I didn't. And up it it's uh, there's hate crimes going on on a school campus, and and I remember this because I'm like maybe twelve reading this. I think I would have been once maybe eleven, um, and Kitty Pryde says nigger.
0: Yes, no, that is the notorious, like, someone pointed out how bad, like, Claremont loves breaking this out. Like, he always breaks out a scene where Kitty Pride says the word as a way of pointing out discrimination against mutants.
2: No, but in this case, it's not against mutants. It's against Jews. Because oh, he calls her a kike, and she goes, I don't know, are you a nigger?
0: Oh, vey. I,
2: but, but the whole thing is... This happens because, and I can't remember the exact plot mechanics, and I might be getting this mixed up with another issue.
0: Which would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be great. My understanding is this all it's has some... to do with the Beyonder learning to poop.
2: Uh... <laughs> Actually, no, no it. it might be another issue. If there's uh, Mayonito and Kitty are both at some opening for a Jewish museum or something, mm-hmm. and there's a sort of awkward... I didn't realize you were Jewish, and he pretty much is like, I was in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. Seriously, what did you think was going on there?
0: It's Mom. like you were a gypsy, or homosexual, or a sympathizer to the Jewish people.
2: Actually, I think they might have gone for the gypsy get clause.
0: Oh, did they? Classy. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> but, anyway, but, but And again, I can't, I can't work out if I am putting the two s- stories together now. Um, but there's definitely an element of like you know hey Magneto you might be a mass murderer but you're Jewish (laughs) but that's when like he was trying to make Magneto uh, a relatively good guy remember
0: Yes, no, I do remember because it really is. So, just do you think it didn't work? <laughs> well, no, I mean it. it keeps it, it it actually, back. It, I it sort worked, of liked it. Worked I liked really it, well,
2: and then yeah. we decided to undo it, and it was the undoing that didn't
0: really work. Yeah, the undoing was the thing where it's like, okay, you guys are just out of control here. Where they keep flipping back and forth. But no, I remember that build up to because issue two hundred is the trial of Magneto, I think.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: uh, it was. I remember reading it at the time, thinking like, well, is this doesn't work but it, i mean it's a hell of an interesting idea for a 200th issue you know so maybe that's maybe you're right this is our 50th issue where
2: it's, you know, it's x9 200
0: where, Yeah, this
2: which is, our is a really team. really bad sign because that was like the last really good claremont issue
0: i i think i pretty much stopped reading like maybe four issues after that i have to say oh yeah you're no you're you're entirely right
2: because i mean it almost immediately after 200 it all went to shit <laughs> Well, I did because two hundred and one Cyclops leaves the team because these things go off and be a good husband, which gets undone like the next month. The next fight, <laughs> Uh at least I mean, it really took them what three or four years to try and be yeah. like Cyclops isn't a dick. Uh, <laughs> and in see after that they had two more Secret Wars tie-ins. Right. Then they had. New Massacre is like two or three issues after, isn't it? Yeah, because they do the whole Rachel three Parker, and then it's New the Massacre. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh.
2: So yeah, it really like after two hundred, really was all downhill.
0: Yes. And by so, downhill, so, you mean the dawning of uh, rosy colored glasses age for someone younger than you? So you know.
2: No, no, no. Because it's rosy colored glasses, and then you reread it, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Oh, really? Oh.
0: Yes, so expect us to be podcasting from Australia very soon is what we're saying.
2: Yeah, after you've all forgotten that we exist. And, oh, wow, that's going to be a problem. Electronics don't realize we exist either. How are we going to podcast?
0: You know, probably the same way that the X Men did, because as I recall, that was like the weirdest, crappiest, like, oh, electronics don't know we exist. Let's pop in this jet and set a course for somewhere. Hey, if
2: you press a button that's not an electronic jet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How does that make any sense, Graham? Like seriously. <laughs> was there a scene where they were just popping their old popcorn no, no, in the old fashioned way? I mean no, it but doesn't you forget.
2: Like they went through the, the, the gateway, whatever it was. Um and electronics didn't realize they existed And then the next issue they find cyborgs you <laughs> like, something wrong here so, I can't put my finger on it, but The cyborg should be like, is there someone there
0: or not? Like, I don't understand what's in happening In this eye,
2: I can see them But my Whoa. computer eye says no
0: Who keeps stabbing the right side of my body? I'm really not following this here <laughs> Ah, the things we have to look forward to uh,
2: Man, um, uh, yeah, this is been a you know, weird 50th episode, listeners. Sorry, you know, sorry, we'll, I was supposed we'll have to do a, like we'll a do over. Well, yeah, we'll do like 50. There we go. Uh, so, oh, you know what we should do? 50.1, and next next week,
0: we 50.2. Yeah, we'll have our total bipolar anniversary, and like 50.2 will be us like laughing and like uh, mirthlessly, and uh, I'll be like doing imitations. <laughs> you're
2: and, really, you're really upset about that, mirthlessly, right?
0: You know, I'm just shocked that you're not, Graham. I'm just shocked. <laughs> like, your whole, like, oh, you. so you basically said that Jeff is, like, putting on a huge act and is incapable of expressing joy or love. I just want to wait, say, wait, 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 wait. well done, listener, well <laughs> that's, done. That's not what
2: I said, or I believe what he said. I'm assuming RF is in fact a he.
0: Uh, yes, it is.
2: Oh, do you know who it is? Yeah, sure.
0: It's, uh, um... I mean I don't know no. I mean do I do I really know? I don't really know, but in terms of knowing that they have to log on and I know his email address and so chances are very good his name is Rick Flom or Rick F Lom. Yeah, I do know. Uh in that sense. And it's okay, Rick You just outed them. I did. I did out him. Uh but I don't think I Like, it's not like our people are going to turn around and write letters and go, you jerk! You know, like, everyone's going to be fine. Everyone's fine with it except for the man weeping tears of blood, mirthlessly.
2: Well, yeah, but to be fair, I think if you're weeping, you should be mirthless.
0: See, that's how screwed up I am. I'm like, no, I feel like I should be mirthfully weeping. Because, obviously, I've been, you know, I've been been outed as incomplete as a human. Um,
2: I'm not sure that's necessarily true. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's right. You've always been out as incomplete as a human, Jeff.
2: <laughs> uh, no. You're. It's always been an open you're, secret.
0: You're complete.
2: <laughs> you're
0: 100% human. <laughs> See, there's our, like, ah, cheer you up note that we can end on. That's perfect.
1: <laughs>
2: you're 100% human. Exactly. <laughs> you're not a cyborg. <laughs>
0: You are capable of seeing the X-Men even after they move through the dimensional Dreamtime portal in Australia or whatever the fuck it was. It was the Siege Perilous. Was it? That, that's what it was called, yeah. I just Jesus. remember I'm not sure if I quit reading X-Men, like, just in the nick of time or, like... I, to...
2: Oh, I, I kept going. Oh, I kept going to, actually, Jim Lee's first issue. Wow. You see, He did, like, 245 or something ahead of his proper run. And I remember just being like, because it was when they started killing them off again in preparation for issue 250. And I was like, oh, I give up.
0: (laughs) And again, I couldn't
2: be more than like 14 years old or something at the time. And I was really just like, no.
0: (laughs) Seriously, you're like, really, this is this is all you've got. Exactly. Can you
2: stop killing them all? you just stop killing them off again and again and again?
0: I know, I know. That's
2: uh, to be sad though, I didn't like to replace X-Men after Master either. Yeah. Ironically, seeing as I am such a Dazzler fan now, at the time I was like, Longshot? Dazzler? Psylogue? Havoc? Really? These aren't yeah. the X-Men.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I totally get that. I, to this day, it's always like, huh? In any event... On that merry note, my friend, we're going to go. Yes, we
2: should actually shut up, shouldn't we?
0: Yeah, I think so. People will be like, oh, (laughs) dear God.